From the brilliant minds of Hipster at Home, you're listening to We Should Start a Band, a podcast about the trials and tribulations of being suitably hipster. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for episode one of We Should Start a Band. Today's podcast is brought to you by myself, Heritage Avocado Toast, and I'm joined by Cold Brew Kombucha and Retro Denim Jacket. We are the team behind Hipster at Home. Today, we're going to be taking on the controversial subject of non-dairy milks. Spicy. Mmm. Contrary to that, I don't believe we are actually discussing any spiced non-dairy milks today. Unless you count turmeric. I was going to say, unless you count turmeric. You could, you could. I mean, yeah. spices. Quick background. A lot like probably many of our listeners, two of us are lactose intolerant. So although that doesn't stop us from enjoying dairy, it does prevent us from enjoying dairy all the time. So we tend to try a lot of different non-dairy alternatives. So I think this is probably going to expand beyond just the liquid form of these and into other non-dairy alternatives. I didn't mean to make that sound creepy. That sounded like you were going to talk about diarrhea. No, no, I, I was, I, um, I just meant like yogurt, ice creams. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You've brought home camel milk before. So I feel like anything is possible here. Look, it was in the store. It needed to be tried. I am of the very strong opinion that you should try things. You shouldn't just turn your nose up. You should try things. And I enjoy goat's milk, sheep's milk. Why not camel milk? It was so salty. It was very salty. I mean, I'm here to try things. I was raised to at least take one big bite of everything. <laughs> but I, uh, the camel milk was a, was a, a stretch. A salty, salty stretch. Still want to make camel milk ice cream. I mean, okay, that I could see working well. You could do like a caramel and camel milk. Yeah. That would actually sound, re- that sounds really good. The only problem is that it came in such small containers and it was kind of pricey. Yeah. And you just need so much to make an ice cream. I have big dreams. Caramel, camel milk. Well, in theory, any, we could use any any mammal's milk as a as a cow milk substitute, but we're not talking about milk from animals today. <laughs> we are talking about milk oh, that oh. comes. I'm sorry. From the fauna. Is it the? Is it the? And the, or is it flora? Might have balls that up. <laughs> yeah, flora and yes, fauna. Flora. Fauna, fauna's animals. <laughs> I like, like though, a that you tried to come in here with the get back on track whip. We have to add yeah. a sound effect or something. Whoopsh. <laughs> <laughs> so while while cold brew kombucha and retro denim jacket do suffer from lactose intolerance, I do not. But I might. It's unclear. So my perspective, however, will not be point counterpoint. Well, I think isn't everybody actually? Yes, we are the only weird species that drinks the milk of other species. Yeah, because it's delicious. That, that's really why. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good milkshake. Yeah. But yeah, I supposedly the older you get, the less your body produces the enzymes mm-hmm. to process lactose. So it would make sense if you were becoming lactose intolerant. Yeah. Wait, does that mean you get to take lactate pills like the rest of us? I do sometimes if there's a particularly dairy-filled meal I'm concerned about. 
Yeah, especially like the cheeses that tend to affect people more strongly. Brie does me in. Brie. The creaminess of the brie every time. It's just... Yeah, heavy cream ones. Well, and I really like hopping back to non-dairy, or we can including goat. Well, I think that's what he was trying to tell us is to stop talking about animal ones, but mm-hmm. we could have a quick goat detour. Goat brie is delicious. That's it's Yeah. Goat butter is delicious. Goat cheese is delicious. Goat yogurt is delicious. The problem with goat cheese is that a lot of people think it's basically just feta. And there's so many other goat cheeses that are milder, that are mellower, that are creamy, that are crumbly. Yeah. And it's really those goat cheeses that I find particularly appealing. Feta itself is fine, but it's not as good as regular goat cheese. At the risk of sounding stupid, isn't feta supposed to be sheep? It's usually a combination of goat and sheep. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Goats... I know a lot of people think of that sort of crumbly, not creamy, like that in-between goat cheese log, which I'm not going to say is bad. Shout out to Trader Joe's for doing an amazing cranberry and cinnamon, I think it was, goat cheese log. So good. They make a blueberry one, too. Oh, and so good on bagels. Amazing on bagels. But there's so many others. And actually, I find that a goat cheddar or a cheddar style goat cheese with a good sourdough bread makes an amazing grilled cheese. Oh, that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. I want goat cheese. Now, speaking of cheeses in more of the produced by plants, we have not tried a lot of the non-dairy plant-based cheeses. Mainly because a lot of them are made with cashew, and Heritage Avocado Toast is definitely allergic to cashew. So we tend to avoid those. But we have tried ones that were made, I think it was coconut, and that was atrocious. That was, um, the coconut would have been better left on the tree. I've never felt so much like I was eating plastic. I think I missed that experience. I feel like that would have been burned in my memory. I think you did miss that. I think it was right after you moved. I decided to try to get the coconut whatever line. I don't know if I should give the store or not, but the coconut vegan friendly shredded mozzarella equivalent cheese. Oh, no. And it was just awful. It was just awful. I could not find ways to use it. Never, never again. I do enjoy, though tofu cream cheese i've just never been a tofu fan i don't know what it is i think it's a texture thing for me maybe i don't know if it's taste texture whatever i'm not a tofu person that's fair that's fair i've used the tofu cream cheese before to make cheesecakes oh well that i'd brave tofu for that yeah and you don't really you can't really tell it's tofu and i love tofu so i'm fine with it tasting like tofu but you can't really tell well, there we go So that's sort of, I guess, a quick addressing why we won't really have a lot more to say on the cheeses. I don't know, Retro Denim Jacket, if you've tried any of the non-dairy cheeses. No, I haven't. Moving back, I've stayed in two different households from various parentals, and neither of them are really lactose intolerant. So I've been popping lactate pills like they're Pez. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I can't explain it better than that. I do feel like you get so used to what something is going to need, like how many lactose pills you're going to need for, say, a milkshake. Mm -hmm. And even at what point it's not going to matter anymore (laughs) that you've taken them. Yeah. 
So I do find that I just kind of have them on me. Not as bad as my brother, who's also lactose intolerant, and he just, I swear, every two seconds is popping a lactose pill because he has a cheese obsession. I mean, cheese is delicious. Gets um, his lactose from the air. It's naturally occurring. <laughs> just naturally occurring <laughs> lactose. Yeah. Yeah, so moving back into the milk. So back to milk. Yeah, I think it's probably, it's probably an idea to just start with one, talk about it, and then see where we get to from there. And I would argue that the first mainstream, at least in the U.S., I can't comment on other countries because I was not in those countries at the time I first became aware that there was anything besides cow's milk. But I think soy milk is the first one that really made a huge splash. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because actually I remember rice milk first. I remember Rice Dream when we were living up in Connecticut drinking Rice Dream if you have an upset stomach, mom would swap out milk for that rather than soy milk. Interesting. So it would be interesting to know which one did come first. Fun fact that we'll come back to. It's possible rice came before soy, yeah. but I imagine from a mainstream perspective. I think you're right. Yeah. Most people, I mean, when you think about the first non-dairy alternative to show up in coffee shops, well, at least Starbucks and things like that, the, the really mainstream coffee shops. I think that was soy. I think it's a just hefty marketing on their part. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind soy. Soy has its place, though. It does. Hmm. It does. Soy is one of those things that it's kind of okay in everything. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not one of those ones that I have a specific use for. And I'm very opinionated on what kind of milks go in what. So I find it, I guess... Because there's so many options now, I find myself yeah doing the same thing of what goes with what. I find, and maybe this is a very sort of, you know, basic kind of thing, but I find that soy milk, very good in a pumpkin spice latte. It is. It is. It sets off that squashy flavor. Yeah. I think soy has a nice nuttiness to it, but it's different than a milk that's from a nut, like almond, for example. Yeah. I find it has it has its own depth of flavor to it that when you drink it, you definitely know you're drinking soy milk if you're having it regular. And if it's in your coffee, you definitely know you have soy milk in there. Like it materially changes the flavor of the coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Whereas I think some of the other ones are a little lighter. Both I think they're a little more runny, I guess, tasting. I'm not sure if there is a liquid difference. That's true. Soy milk does have a... Um, I mean, heavy. when we get to oat milk, that I think has more of it. But soy milk oh, yeah. compared to some of the nut milks and rice milk does have a more body to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I recognize it as much as from like body from a thickness perspective as much as a heftier taste palette. Yeah. Whereas almond milk is very runny and very not watery. as aggressive. Mm. Yeah. I think sometimes if the coffee is too hot, though. It can feel a little burned. Mm. So one of our friends from university was a barista at Starbucks for a short time. And she said one of the biggest sort of pet peeves of hers was when people would come in and ask for soy at a certain temperature. Because apparently you cannot get soy milk up to the same temperature that you can get regular milk. Now, I don't know if this is fact. Don't quote me on it. But... Apparently, that is part of the reason why people then complain about soy tasting burned, hmm. because it burns easier. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all because milk has certain proteins in it that just nut milk can't compete with, which is why I am very reticent to cook with any non-dairy alternatives because, first of all, cooked milk doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Lactose-wise, it's fine. But also, there's just something about that binding process that hits different than a non-dairy alternative. Now, that being said... That kind of brings us into almond milk slightly and a shameless plug for the blog. Yes. Hipsteratome.co.uk because we actually have made pancakes with almond milk. We can get a very delicious dark chocolate almond milk that is really good to replace the milk in pancakes and add chocolate and a bit of nut. But also, that's not cooking to the same high level that you would be cooking a cake or something like that. A friend of mine who has recently gone vegan has said that he attempted baking with coconut milk and he found that it just did not work in his recipes. So I do think there is something to be said for cooking with a milk that's got proteins in it. And I would toss it out there as that there's a difference between cooking and baking. Mm-hmm. Like cooking with a non-dairy is much better than baking. And maybe it is because it's going to a high temperature. Feel free to knock me out on that one. I haven't looked any of this up, but I would say baking and cooking are separate. And that's why it's a little bit more okay to use a non-dairy for cooking. I think we should probably just caveat all of this with we are not experts. We are just highly opinionated. Yes. And a lot of what we are going to say in this podcast and other podcasts is more just our experience, anecdotal. So it may be that we just did something wrong or... That just wasn't the right use for it, or there could have been something else, and we attributed it to the non-dairy milk. So I just want to put that out there that we are we are no way experts about this. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> but I do think that baking is an important <clears throat> one, um, and I generally feel that assuming you're not you don't have a, a, an allergy to the lactose, which is different from being the lactose mm-hmm. intolerant, because mm-hmm. um, that is more severe. I would recommend that you just bake with regular cow's milk. I would just stick with what we know works yeah, and then take some medication to allow you to enjoy it. I think you'll have a better experience that way than a a ruined cake. Depending on your level of lactose intolerance, a lot of people, because of the heating process, can handle milk once it's cooked. Yeah. Now, if you're Mm. vegan... That's a different thing. Oh, but we're not uh, we're not getting into veganism here. That's uh, yeah. But I mean, if you are, then feel free to cook with other things. And I know a lot of the barista versions of milk alternatives are kind of made to stand up to higher heats. And actually, almond milk not as bad to cook with as we've found, as opposed to other milks. And I think that's also actually. I'm going to throw back to the first non-dairy milk because I just recalled uh, one of our favorite cookbooks, the medieval cookbook. Almond milk is one of the recipes in there. And that was a very common medieval drink. Well, there you go. Because they would, you know, when it was a fast day, they couldn't use animal products. So they would make almond milk. I do plan to try to make my own at some it's, point. It's worth It's worth trying. I mean, I've thought about making oat milk before. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've not thought as much about oat milk. I've definitely thought about the almond milk, though. I've been doing some quick Google and Wikipedia research. Um, Coming back to almond milk, I wasn't even searching for it, but apparently the first non-dairy milk was almond in the 13th century. 
Soy milk originated in the 17th century, reportedly making its way to the U.S. in an 1897 USDA report. Now, I don't believe our uh, our Starbucks friends were around in 1897. Co- Wait, when did coffee houses uh, no, become I don't believe super they were. popular? Wasn't it in Victorian times? No, it was actually earlier. It was during, I believe it was the Restoration that coffee houses became quite popular as a place for men, of course, of course to go and share news. But I'm pretty sure at that point, they were not drinking their half-calf, low-foam... Turmeric lattes? Soy lattes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more what we're talking about when we're saying, was it was rice popular or was soy popular, almond popular? It's those half-calf mocha frappa with a side twist and a circus clown. I think my Sims drink that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's inconclusive based on my uh, two Google result previews, which is where I get all my news sources from. Yeah, but we did at least confirm the almond milk... Which we already knew from that wonderfully historical cookbook. Love that. Been around a while. Yeah. I think one of the other nice things about the non-dairy milks, like almond milk, rice milk, and this is something that came from using it when we were kids and with our nephews, things like that, is if a kid has it in a cup or a bottle and they leave it somewhere, it is not nearly as egregious as leaving cow's milk for you to find later. Or Mm. formula. Oh my god. I have a relatively young nephew and I just remember it's been so nice that he moved to cow milk just because it can be out a little bit longer. But formula, as soon as it hit that 30 minute mark where it's over or done with, that is not a great smell. It's not a great smell. Yeah. Our nephew's a bit older, but when he was younger, and by older I just mean like elementary school. It's not like... Heading off to college just yet. But when he was younger, he would t- he would have a tendency to put a cup down and wander away from it and then find it again later, which is an issue when it's cow's milk. So they switched him to almond milk for a lot of that because if he found it again later and he drank it, it wouldn't you know make him sick. And also if he didn't find it again later and someone else did, it wouldn't make them sick. Love that use. Brilliant use of... Mm-hmm. To toss it to some controversial thoughts, I feel like we should cover oat milk. Okay. Well, I was going to say, for those of us who don't leave our cups unattended for long periods of time. Fair. I think our uses of milk, of non-dairy milk, are, you know, more specific and different. And I agree. Oat milk does garner some strong opinions. Yeah. It's I, for one, love it. Terrible aftertaste and you won't convince me otherwise. I- I love I love it, and my best use for it is in coffee. It is yes. It just adds that cre it because I mean it has an aftertaste. I don't like not a huge aftertaste, but it has a lot of body to it, which is delicious in coffee, and it makes it creamy without having to take lactate pills. Yeah, and I find it for especially like your morning coffee and you haven't really had breakfast yet or anything like that. It just feels a lot more mm-hmm. filling. You're not mixing oatmeal into your coffee. Well, no, it just it's it's not as watery as an almond milk or a coconut milk. It has a lot more. It makes it a fuller a fuller coffee. But speaking of that and breakfast, my my new favorite yogurt because I love yogurt absolutely do. But you know lactose. Oat milk yogurt Ooh. is delicious. 
okay, I'm going to have to go out and buy some of that. And you don't really have to mix it with anything because it has its own like sort of natural sweetness and that slightly odie flavor. And it's, I mean, it's great mixed with fruit or a granola or something like that, but it is also very good on mm-hmm. its own. That's the test of a good yogurt. It is. Regular yogurt just doesn't do it for me anymore. I need that Greek yogurt because of that tang. Mm-hmm. And it and the thickness. Yes. I saw the worst thing the other day. It was Greek yogurt without the tang. They were marketing it Why? as without the tang. Well, that's just regular yogurt. Yeah, just buy the regular. It's cheaper anyways. Yeah. Hmm. Why are you taking my tang away? don't know i also like the thickness the thing with yogurt is that it's just it's runny my mother used to make yogurt growing up so we had it a lot it was sort of a standard breakfast thing she would make granola she would make yogurt um i swear to god i did not grow up with martha stewart just somebody who very much wanted to be we all have dreams and (laughs) do you know martha stewart never once was put in handcuffs even though she went to jail well She'd probably make her own handcuffs, really. I mean, edible. But yeah, if you go back and watch all the footage, whenever she's in public, she's never in handcuffs. She said she's never been in handcuffs. They yeah. never they never cuffed her. Fair enough. Well, I mean, when you hang out with other celebrities like Snoop Dogg, I feel like you just, you get an air of both the entitlement of being the woman to look up to and also cool enough to hang with the cool kids. Because she's done yeah. time. Oh yeah, insider trading, right? <laughs> Do you think she ran? Do you think she ran an arts and crafts and cooking section for the prisoners? One can only hope. Because they do let prisoners, you know, like, like run, things, run yeah. things and classes. Maybe she was able to share some skills. I have to say that my goal, and I don't know if this is a, a goal that you do share, so I'm just projecting this onto all of us. But I think that the goal of hipster at home is to become the hipster Martha Stewart living. Without the insider job. Well, and I have, as a horse girl, which I will freely admit to. I have big dreams of owning several Frisians, like Martha Stewart. Can yeah. we just clarify what is meant by horse girl quickly for the for the listeners? I think everyone knows what horse girl means. Well... Heritage Avocado <laughs> Toast, do you not know what a horse girl is? I think he's talking about other aspects of the internet that people may frequent. Yes, and I think it's important we All clarify. Right. At a young age, most girls are interested in horses. This is not helping. This is not helping. Abort. Try again. (laughs) As a sport, girls are interested in equestrian. And then at a certain age, there are girls who quit. And then there are other girls, it becomes a lifelong sport and kind of an obsession. I am one of those girls. I feel like we have to point out that it's not all demographics that feel, you know, they must take up riding. And no, that's true. That's true. But like, I feel like every (laughs) five-year-old girl I've talked to either wants a unicorn or a pony. Oh, yeah. I think most, I think most children at some point want a pony. Yes. Sorry. To sound less pretentious. Yes. Every five-year-old girl wants a unicorn or a pony and some act on that and some do not. You can be a horse girl without actually riding. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely girls out there who are just absolutely in love with horses and have never actually ridden one in their entire lives. They're beautiful, majestic creatures. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, because they'll eat you. I'm terrified of horses. My thumb stayed on my hand. We're good. It was a a nasty Shetland back in the day who tried to bite off my thumb. Oh, they are mean little horses. They're so mean. Now, full disclosure, Heritage Avocado Toast grew up in the country. (laughs) I mean, we are talking more cows than people. 
I mean, there one were, flashing red stoplight. There were there were days when I couldn't get to school, yeah, because the cows had gotten loose from the paddock and wouldn't. They don't move. They're not they're not herding cows. They just kind of mill around and eventually get milk. Yeah, I have that problem with Canadian geese here. Also, they're nasty. Oh, they are the of the bird world. Ah, uh, swans. Sorry, swans. Swans rank above that. No, no. You know what? No, I think swans nicer. Really? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, whether you've been to a golf course or a shopping mall or your own front yard in the states, you have most likely had a negative encounter with a Canada goose. Oh. They're the worst. I have seen them fight cars in a parking lot. They fight large dogs. That happens to me frequently. Yeah, they fight everything. At least swans kind of stay in their lane. They don't. They don't decide that this is their golf course now. They don't decide that this entrance to Macy's is theirs now. They don't attack your SUV. Also, for clarification, Macy's is a department store. Oh, see, I was trying to choose one because you know Macy's is the big one in New York, so. But basically, a mall entrance that you can't use because the geese have decided that that is theirs. That is their territory, and they will knife you. That is my feeling on the geese. And the mall near where my parents live, you occasionally can't get through certain parts of the parking lot or the roads around it because the geese. Yeah. At least swans don't do that. They're like the honey badger of the fowl world. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen pelicans try to eat seagulls whole. I imagine they'd go after toddlers the same way. I feel like toddlers are larger than seagulls. Probably. It depends on the seagull. <laughs> depends how many times they've been fed cheesy puffs on the beach, despite the many warning signs, do not feed the, do seagulls. Not feed the seagulls. Oh, no. I've seen seagulls attack people under blankets that are like trying to eat underneath mm-hmm. their blankets, and they have they walked away with food. There was a mean one growing up, and it had one leg... <laughs> And he would charge people. I assumed it was a he. I don't know. I'm, I'm projecting, I guess. It would charge people. It was so aggressive and so nasty. This is a seagull, by the way. But obviously, I had a lot of issues with birds, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, growing up. I have a lot of issues with birds. <laughs> I, I can't explain it better than that. I am very much an animal person. Like, at heart, I will deal with almost anything. I'm the person that I'm okay with mice in my house and I'll set down traps, but that doesn't scare me. Birds. But birds. Nasty. They will peck your eyes out. I know. Thanks, Alfred Hitchcock. And they'll poop on you. Yeah. Well, we've got an update from the research department. <laughs> Apparently, the most dangerous bird in the world is traditionally considered to be the cassowary. Alongside emus and ostriches. I guess they are quite aggressive. To be fair, we're not actually talking about lethality here. We've migrated to basically just confining the discussion to which ones are the most annoying. So here's the thing. If there was a cage match, and I'm not I'm not saying that we should have animal fighting things, but a computer simulation, you know, like mm-hmm. they do like sharks versus alligators, things like that. I want to see these birds. I want to see where Canada geese fall. I want to see where swans fall. I want to see where cassowaries fall. I would like, I don't care about biggest predators in the world and if they coexisted, who would win. I want to see birds that cause issues for us. Which one of them is the meanest, baddest bird in the bunch? So I'm going to put that out into the into the great wide ether and I hope I feel someone... like that would make a really good video game. Yeah. Would you rather fight one duck-sized cassowary or a hundred cassowary-sized ducks? <laughs> I don't know. Is it that duck from New York? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll tell you that is one thing we haven't we haven't yet put in our coffee, and that's duck milk. Yeah, let's let's. So now we've just gotten gross. It's all Martha Stewart's fault. But getting back onto the non dairy <laughs> milks, we're really good at staying on topic, guys. So great. I'm going to take us now into the very particular uses category and say that we haven't talked about hazelnut yet. Oh. Oh, well, that's true. There are the, the, the other, other nuts. nuts. Hazelnut, cashew, tiger nut. Yeah, so just to continue the public service announcement from earlier on allergens, there's a lot of allergen nuts out there. Um, things like pistachios, cashews, macadamias, peanuts, which aren't nuts, but hey, we'll, we'll call it that for right now. And a lot of them can be found in places you wouldn't expect. Now, if it says it's cashew milk on the box, you can probably be pretty certain it's going to have cashews in it. Mm-hmm. But you do find it in other non-dairy and or vegan vegetarian type options. And sometimes they're not bolded on the package. So just be careful if you have those particular Yeah, read, read packaging, honestly. Yeah. Know what you're eating. Yeah. Well, the feta around here, if you're getting anything that's grocery store feta, it's cow's milk. And it says it on the back. The whole reason I have feta is that it's not cow's milk. Well, and it should be Greek salad cheese because I believe it's technically a protected thing. I don't know for sure, but I thought it was. I thought if it says feta, it has to. Salad cheese doesn't roll off the tongue very sexily, though. No, it doesn't. But I agree. Check the ingredients. Check what you are eating for everyone's safety. And for your own information and double check with your friends to see if they have intolerances or if they have allergies or anything like that. Just, you know, be aware. Yeah. Because it really kills the fun when you kill your friends. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I have not yet died from my my cashew allergy. Yeah, I'd like to keep it that way. Oh, actually, back on the milks, I had a new one not too long ago, and it was oat and barley. Oh! And that was quite tasty. And barley. (laughs) (laughs) It was a Nordic, supposedly. They have a hemp one, things like that. But I thought, I like barley tea. Mm -hmm. I like barley risotto. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try barley milk. And I liked it. It was very good. Would recommend. I had more of... um, Added a bit more of sort of a nutty element to the oat. So very tasty. So has Heritage Avocado Toast had the oat and barley as well? Can he weigh in on whether it's still, he thinks it's still terrible? I'm not sure I have. It was the one in the, in the fridge in the brown and blue packaging. Maybe. That I housed very quickly. I want to say <laughs> anything that you used to cut or hide the fact that it is oat milk can only be an improvement. Well, you like barley tea. To clarify, I like oats a lot. Oatmeal raisin cookies. It's my oat is like my favorite go-to thing. I'm an old man since birth. I love them. I don't like oat milk. I don't know what they do to it. Besides make it delicious. So delicious. I mean, I, it's not something I'd go to on my own. I'm not running out to just drink it straight. But in certain things, it's game changer. This is the thing. I do think that it is very much an in certain mm-hmm. things. So, for instance, if I'm going to make a turmeric latte or a matcha latte or something like that, I am not reaching for the oat milk. Or essential latte. Or essential latte. Yes, that's true. Because, fun fact, people pay more for matcha when actually a lot of the health benefits that you're going for come from sencha. But we'll probably have a more in-depth tea episode in the future because we could take up 
a lot of time on tea. Oh, absolutely. So we'll be coming back to that. But I do say that when it comes to some of the more tea or spice lattes, oat milk can tend to be a bit overpowering. And in those situations, I tend more towards almond milk or coconut milk. That's fair. That's fair. I like almond milk for smoothies. Yeah. It's kind of like watery. Because so many people add water to their smoothies and I just, I'm sorry, I just don't get that. You're diluting the flavor. Add it. Yeah, add a yeah. something that's going to add a bit more flavor and a bit more health benefit to you than just water. Yeah, so I usually add orange juice, which, yes, I'm aware of the amount of sugar. But also almond milk's great in it for just setting down the amount of sugar I need in there. And unsweetened. I'm sorry, I do not drink sweetened almond milk. No, sweetened non-dairy milks are too sweet. It tastes like candy. They're, yeah, mm-hmm. they're not good. And you, you lose the flavor. You lose the almond, you lose the oat, you lose the soy. You're basically just drinking sugar water. Yeah. At well, that point. I feel like hazelnut is always sweetened. I'm not sure I've had hazelnut unsweetened. I feel like hazelnut's a fairly sugary nut, but. Yeah, I wonder if it just is a sweet. But yeah, that's true. And actually, is the I don't know if the tiger nut one, which is oh, delicious, is. Tiger nut milk. Sweetened, but that is so good. I mean, it sounds really inappropriate and i will fully admit that that is why i bought it the first time <laughs> and i laughed all the way to the checkout but it's absolutely delicious there's also a really nice chocolate like a hot chocolate oat milk base that i have gotten before which is quite nice yeah that's the thing is real hot chocolate should just be milk and chocolate And so as someone who is lactose intolerant, if I can find a substitute for that and still get the richness of a hot chocolate, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. Yep. And swinging back to milks and teas, cold brewing teas. Mm -hmm. You know, you do not cold brew a coffee in anything but water, but a lot of teas can be cold brewed in a non-dairy milk. And that makes them extremely delicious and a really nice thing just to like pour yourself in the morning. Yeah. As a little pick me up. And I don't drink a ton of coffee because caffeine tends to wire my system like no other. So I'm more of a tea drinker. And so finding cold brew tea in non-dairy milk is perfect for the morning. Yeah, I agree. And I will say this, and I know that Heritage Avocado Toast is probably going to jump in. Non-dairy milks in boba tea. Oh, very tasty. So tasty. Well, the fact that you're putting slimy balls of chewy chunkiness at the bottom of your tea. Tapioca. Just speaks to some sort of despicable, masochistic, deep-seated, dark underbelly of your personality. Because boba has no place in a drink. So delicious. It is just have the liquid. No, it is it is adorable mm-hmm. and delicious. So it ticks two boxes that I feel should always be ticked. Yep. When eating. Well I think I think the key to the phrasing you just used there was when you're eating, not when you are drinking. Eating or drinking. Eating or drinking. I'm in it for not just the gram. I don't, I'm not just putting it up there for other people to see. I'm in it for the mental gram as well. Mm-hmm. My brain needs something cute to look at when I'm eating or drinking. I, I like the emotional gram, if you will. Yes. I like the nice plating. I like something that, you know, your eye is really the first camera. Mm-hmm. 
And I am taking a photo of whatever sustenance in my hand or on a plate before I'm putting it into my system. Eye candy. Mm -hmm. Emotional candy. It's self-love. Yeah. It's your well-being. So the research department is still trying to figure out how many sugars are in hazelnuts versus other nuts, and it's proving quite difficult. Um, So I'm on Wikipedia searching for almond, and it's asked me if I'd like to open it in incognito tab. Well, sometimes you have to be secret about your almond research. Yeah, I don't want my internet service provider or my loved ones knowing of my passions for almonds. (laughs) Either it's an inappropriate passion or you're buying it as a gift. Yeah, or, you know, it's you're just going to start getting all these targeted ads for almonds. Which, by the way, there are. I don't know whether they are over there, but in the U.S., there is a whole almond company that is paying for almond commercials. That's fantastic. (laughs) It really is. Some targeted ads about almonds. I'm hoping for that. Um, In the next podcast, we will update you on what targeted ads resulted from this recording. Probably birch wine. I want the dang birch wine. Have I had birch wine? That sounds delicious. I've had birch water. And birch beer. But I've never had birch wine. And supposedly there is a birch sparkling wine out there that I would love to try. Mm -hmm. And I know that we're still young in this podcast and we won't probably attract a lot of listeners right at the start. But if you are out there and you sell birch wine, we would love to try your product. Oh, yeah. So please send that our way. And even though my phone never listens to me, no matter how many times I yell at it, I'm going to do it again. Sparkling birch wine, please send me ads. It's a dream. I mean, honestly, I'd fly over there for sparkling birch wine. I mean, still waiting on that vaccine, but as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as you get it. Well, maybe birch wine is like a natural remedy for COVID. We won't know because we haven't yeah. been able to find oh, it. All right, Gwyneth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you selling your own birch wine? Oops. And that's the only Oops. kind of birch wine that works? <laughs> yeah, my special brand of birch wine. <laughs> Are we brewing oh, things dear. now? Is that a is that- yeah, brew thing? I think the only thing really left to, to discuss is is the the big one that we've danced around, and that is ice cream. Well, oh, I have thoughts. Because even when you're lactose intolerant, ice cream is a hard thing to say no to. As absolutely. Oh my gosh. Milkshakes, a difficult thing. I know that if I have a milkshake, it's going to take a couple of lactose pills. And even then, depending on the ice cream used in it. It's 50-50 for me. Well, whether it goes well or not. It really is. There's a very good chance. Let's just say it's not a, it's not a date thing. No. But I absolutely love milkshakes. And I love ice cream. So I think the fact that there's been a lot more non-dairy ice cream alternatives available that are of decent quality, because I think that's something that needs to be addressed is the fact that there have been non-dairy alternatives somewhat available, but the quality in the past has not been as good as it is now. Yeah. And we've discussed this before, but my system, and I think yours as well, um, cold brew kombucha, tends to get set off by lower quality. So like vegan ice creams that have a bunch of chemicals in it. Yes. My system also does not like those. Yeah. And I've had that issue before um, where I've gotten very sick from something that was vegan. And I asked my friend, because she had also eaten it, if she knew why I got sick from it. And she did say, I've seen your diet and the way you eat and what affects your system. And you that was mainly chemicals that you consumed. And I've got a chem degree, so I am aware that everything is a chemical. <laughs> what I mean is the sort of synthetic replacements. A lot of those, my body just does not process very well. Yeah, which makes it all the more important for me sometimes to make non-dairy ones at home. 
rather than buying them. Because sometimes if you don't have a super high end, if you don't have your whole foods, your planted organic. Yeah, if you if you're not going there for your non-dairy ice cream, it's kind of hard to find something that still agrees with my system. For so long, it was hard. I've noticed now that some of the brands that used to be carried in Whole Foods have now branched out and are being carried in some of the more mainstream grocery stores. There's been a lot more brands that have popped up that are willing to do vegan ice creams. We live in London, so one of the big ones for us is Utterlicious. They do amazing vegan ice creams, and I can get a big tub of those and just go to town and know that I'm not going to be sick. So bless them for existing. Ben and Jerry's has also started making non-dairy. Yeah. And that one is pretty good. The only downside to some of the non-dairy ones, so like Ben and Jerry's, which I think is almond-based, is that because they have a higher water content, they Mm -hmm. freeze harder. Mm -hmm. So that is a bit of an issue. But as long as you have a bit of patience for them to thaw out. Yeah. There are a couple cashew ones out there, which obviously we've not tried, but we have given the rice ones a go. We've given some of the almond ones a go. The coconut milk ones, coconut milk, even though it's not so great in the sort of, you know, baking end of things, is very good in the frozen end of things Mm -hmm. and makes very good ice cream. Now, I have attempted to make it myself and we've put it up on the blog. We have made non-dairy ice creams before. But they do hold their own level of challenge because you don't necessarily have the same fat content. Yeah. And I've never tried oat milk ice cream because that tends to be a heavier body and almost creamier. So like maybe that Mm -hmm. would be the solution to it. But sometimes you just can't substitute cream for cream, you know? Well, that's true. I've seen more oat milk creams, single cream, double cream. Mm -hmm. I have not tried it yet. So I'll have to report back, but we recently purchased, on a whim, a can of coconut whipping cream. I've had that before, and if I'm remembering it correctly, that's actually pretty good. Well, that's the thing. I do love coconut cream, so I'm hoping that will be delicious. And actually, this past fall, Starbucks introduced a soy-based vegan whipped cream, which, and I don't really go to Starbucks very often. I see Starbucks as a sneaky way to have dessert for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> so for everyone out there who's going to do the whole, but they're not real coffee, I am aware. Mm-hmm. I'm not super keen on their coffee. However, if I am looking for essentially a dessert masquerading as a coffee, you can guarantee that I am standing in line at a Starbucks. Yeah, I'm very aware a caramel frappuccino and it's basically just a caramel milkshake. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm there. I'm not there because I want a nice coffee. I'm there because I want a caramel frappuccino. Exactly. And if I can find whipped cream that works on top that's not actual whipped cream, I'm a happy camper. When I have a frappuccino, I want whipped cream. Mm-hmm. So I am that girl in line who asks for a non-dairy alternative. And then when they say, do you want whipped cream? I say yes. Same. Oh, it's just the worst. And they look at me like I'm probably just asking for the non-dairy alternative to be trendy. And what they don't know is that I am downing a dairy pal so <laughs> that I can suck the whipped cream off the top of that. Heck yeah. Could be the name of our debut album. <laughs> <laughs> There's a noticeable flavor difference, and I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I would rather have the tamer milk for my system and my, my taste buds, but if I'm going to get whipped cream, I may as well go all out. Just have it. But 
That being said, when I went for pumpkin spice latte this past fall, which I dragged one of my British colleagues along with me, she'd never had one before. Oh. We were on our way to a client site and I said, you need to try this. And she said, all right, I'll bite. And she's now hooked as well. They're like crack. Pretty sure they do use crack. 110%. No guarantee. Don't sue us. Last <laughs> couple of years, I feel like the brew that they bring over to the UK has not tasted the same as it used to in the States. I think they've this toned year it was down. better. Yeah, it was much better this year. In the past, I think they've made it less spiced Could be. and more sugar. But the whole point mm. is it's spiced. Yeah. Because I have had to explain this when people have said to me, well, I don't understand what is a pumpkin spice latte. It's, you know, what is pumpkin spice? Is there pumpkin in it? No. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin spice is the spice combination that goes into a pumpkin pie, but that is also not really a British concept. Yeah. Having a pumpkin pie. Yeah. Nutmeg, cinnamon, and allspice. That's what I want my coffee. And clove and a little bit of ginger. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not going for sugary. You're going for all of autumn in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Shove those leaves in. That is the whole reason. I want small children frolicking in leaves, a few pumpkins, some trick-or-treaters, a sweater. I want that all in my mouth at once. And that is what I expect from a pumpkin spice latte. That's fair. But when I asked for the pumpkin spice with soy, because it's delicious that way, the lovely woman behind the counter said, would you like whipped cream? And I said, well, I'm lactose intolerant and I'm on my way to work, so I really shouldn't. And she said, oh no, we have vegan whipped cream. Oh my God. It's soy. Oh my God. And I said, well, then you put that right on. Layer me up. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to lay on the counter and you just squirt that directly <laughs> into my mouth. And then she said, ma'am, that's not really hygienic. Could you please get off the counter? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to dance on bar counters when you can be laying on a Starbucks counter getting whipped cream poured into your mouth? Poured into your mouth. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's going to be difficult because they have all those waffles and things by the registers. So it's going to be quite yeah, tight. Yeah, you have to move them out of the way. And now now we've got plexiglass in front of everything. So it's more like... This particular... Cove has ruined yet another fundamental part of society. <laughs> this particular Starbucks, because it's on a corner and it's a corner shop, so it kind of has this roundedness to its counter. They have a much longer counter for where they give you your drinks. Mm. You mean where they mess up your names? Well, I've got a quite simple name, so it's fine. Cold Brew Kombucha. You know, or whatever other name they want, as long as they're giving me the whipped cream. (laughs) But (laughs) they have a much larger counter. So you've got a lot more space to lay out on it. Mm. I appreciate that. I appreciate a long counter that gives me the space I need to place my body on it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the pick. That's the pickup area. But I mean, they didn't say how you had to pick it up. They know they do not all over specify me. how to how to collect your coffee. <laughs> I'm here for the jello shot of coffee. Yeah. I did used to ask for it back when I worked quite early in the morning and Starbucks was the only thing open. I would go in and get the mega venti, you know, humongo coffee and ask for it in an IV. <laughs> they always looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> Well, they they make drink bags that come in IV form. You just don't inject it. It's more of a like a Halloween kind of prop where you can put your red colored. Yeah, actually, my brother, my brother did that IV for bag. a Halloween party. Once. I saw them in Korea as well. Well, last not last year because not COVID, but the year before that, he did syringes of Jello shots. Oh, yeah. yeah, those ended terribly. <laughs> Usually, most of his drinks end terribly. 
Yeah. I avoided it because that just looked like... Deliciously terrible. Yeah. Was there anything else we have uh, to add about non-dairy milks? I don't think there's anything else. I think we've extensively covered this topic over the last 60 minutes, and I don't think uh, other sources are needed. (laughs) I don't know if it's actually going to be 60 minutes, but I feel like you've said that because you want to make the sound effect. What sound effect? (laughs) (laughs) Do we have a sound effect? No, the the opening to 60 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I once asked my dad what his favorite television theme song was, and he said 60 minutes. I forget where I heard that. It's not my joke, but I forget which comedian. Could have been Saturday Night Live, to be honest. Back when it was still new, fresh, and inventive. Back when it was still uh, good. Shots fired. I Yeah, my dad uh, had me watch the original one back when George Carlin used to be the announcer for it. Like, the first one yeah. they ever had. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. They were Very better. funny. In recent years, they've been okay. In the middle years, they've been, you know, moments of genius. But it's not the same as I feel when like- they first started. I mean, this is the problem with, I think, comedy in general more recently. I do think shows kind of, they run their course. Yep. And when you keep trying, it starts to get a bit forced. And I do wonder if that's the way it's going. I mean, it's sketch comedy. It it should be almost evergreen. Yeah. I mean, when I watch stuff, occasionally I'll watch new stuff if it's really good and I hear about it. But I'm going on YouTube to find the old school celebrity Jeopardy with like Tom Hanks and his hand in a pickle jar. Like that's where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the older stuff. It's just, it's classic. It's classic. But I want a pickle. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you look it up. Oh, yeah. Because. Yeah. Especially the Tom Hanks one. Gilda Radner. Oh, yep. Uh, So good. uh, I will, though, always have a a fondness and a soft spot for Tim Meadows' portrayal of the ladies' man. It's a vibe. I mean, it's just a man in a robe and a chair with some cavassier. <laughs> I always really like the children's toys, like Bag of Glass, Johnny Human Torch, <laughs> classics. To be fair, some of them are pretty dangerous, like the old dial rotary phones with the cord. You could strangle yourself yeah. with that. And in fairness, I mean, they kind of hit the nail on the head when they were talking about, well, children pick this stuff up off the ground, we're just packaging what the kids want. It's true. That's so true. I used to play a game on the beach called Trash or Treasure. I used to pick up cigarette butts and bottle caps, things like that, and seashells. Yeah. And the debate was, could I convince my parents that what I picked up was treasure as opposed to trash? Well, if you made it into modern art, then it's all treasure. Mm-hmm. All modern art is trash. And that's another podcast discussion. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That's what happens when you have two art people. I'll quickly clarify that I mean modern art that doesn't look like art. As in, it's been hastily cobbled together. Who made you the arbiter of art? I know it looks good. A junkyard does not look good. I don't know. I still have issues with, like, Rothko. I just don't understand a giant color in the middle of a canvas. But it's because it's about the balance. They're not balanced. the balance of the color. Sorry, I yelled that. They're not balanced. (laughs) this is clearly going to have to be another discussion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well which which non-dairy milk would you like splashed onto a canvas and left to ferment if we were to make modern art out of a non-dairy milk Uh well then it has to be based on color and i think at that point i have always found the almost artificial looking white of coconut milk (laughs) fascinating it's clear when it comes out of the thing. Like. Yeah, but then when you mix it with the coconut cream and the emulsifiers and all of that, and you stick it in a container, it looks like milk with an optical brightener. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's milk that's had a face mask. Yes, it is absolutely fascinating to me. Don't they make face masks out of coconut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make face masks out of anything. You can shove anything on your face, really. <laughs> Except for cinnamon. Yes. Everyone at home, do not. Do not put cinnamon on yourself. You will burn your skin. Do not put cinnamon into a face mask. Also, be very careful with turmeric. Mm. It does stain. It stains so bad. This is something people don't realize. It is used as a dye. Mm -hmm. Lovely ochre color. It will do that to your skin. Yeah. It will do that to your clothes. Yep. It will do that to your floor. And to your towels. Yep. Because I'll have to return my turmeric cinnamon sun lotion. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend Mm -hmm. that. But the coconut you're putting on your face for your mask has less sugar in it than cashews and pistachios. The research department is finished. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, research. (laughs) So rudimentary research indicates that cashews and pistachios have exceedingly high levels of sugar per 100 grams, 8 and 9. Whereas hazelnut comes in at a very respectable 4, and almond is lower at 2. When you put it in Nutella. Oh, God, I love Nutella. Yeah, I was not searching for the sugar content in hazelnuts when in Nutella, which has... <laughs> if you pour hazelnut milk over a chocolate cereal... Oh, yeah. You will up your breakfast game by a thousand percent. Assuming you're into Nutella, because that is not an everywhere thing. But even if it's just chocolate and nuts together. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Take one of the nut milks... And put it on chocolate cereal. You will thank us later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that hazelnut in general is the best milk to put on a bowl of cereal. I would concur. Well, okay. Glad we talked about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> glad we covered modern art and cereal. So I guess... Well, it's been a pleasure speaking into the void with you today. We hope that you learned something. Thanks to our research section. <laughs> Yeah, the research yeah. department has learned several things today, and we hope you've enjoyed those those snippets of, of wisdom. Well, thank you for joining us on this frothy adventure. Be sure to follow and rate us. Everyone is welcome to seek further inspiration over on the blog, hipsteratthome.co.uk. See you next time.